every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Some people just uh, have a special calling from God to intercede and pray for others. Many of us have tried and are doing it in patches, but others have a real call of God on their life to do that. We have an absolute uh, uh, powerful, mighty man with us in the studio tonight. His name is Lindsay Aitken, who has this call of God on his life to pray, to intercede, and to press in very deep whenever God puts it on his heart to do so. Lindsay, welcome to Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Thank you, Nathaniel. Thank you. I'm very, very humbled to be here, bro. Very you humble. Know, this, this ministry of intercession is yep. a difficult ministry for most people. Yet others, like yourself, just flow with it. And I think it's, it's just beautiful to understand tonight how, how did you get this call of God to pray and intercede? Well, I came to know the Lord in, back in 73. I, I was at a place called the People's Christian Centre, right in, in, right in Hay Street in Perth, an underground church, so to speak. And Who invited you there? Or how did you know? I actually, I actually came to the Lord through a guy from Penang, a little guy from Penang. He, uh, he said, he, just before I came to know the Lord, he said, Lindsay, you've been looking, looking for girls for your happiness. You need Jesus in your heart. And I remember I just went home and gave my heart to the Lord. Wow. May, the, May the 4th, 73. That was a long time ago. And he went to the Christian Centre and he says, come along. And I'd had a, I'd had a pretty... Uh, okay, how can I say it? A high church background. You did. And, uh, well, just through the school that I went to, and this was just great. You could sit on the seats and you had to, didn't have to kneel down or anything like that. Oh, so I, I really loved the place. But the pastor, there was a guy called Stan Drew, and he was a, he was a revival preacher during the war. Yes. Every, every, every man's crusade or something like that. And he... He'd always prayed for revival and he believed in revival and he had all these revival booklets mm -hmm. and, and leaflets at the, at the back of the church. And I got hold of these and I was, as a young believer, I was just gripped with this stuff. He had a revival prayer meeting in his church for t every Wednesday for 25 years. Wow. Every Wednesday for 25 years he prayed. And I came in on the last two days of this 25 years, and the Lord dropped that vision into me. But I read about the Welsh revival, and I bet the Irish revival, and the Indonesian revivals, all these revivals, and I read everything I could on revivals. I, yeah. and I, and I, but particularly the one that really touched me was the Moravians, mm -hmm. the Moravian community that came together 300 years ago this year. Yes. 1722, they came together for five years. There was a division. And, and then the Lord broke through in them and they started 24-7 prayer mm. and it went on for 100 years. And John Wesley came to the Lord through the Moravians and yeah. William Carey, the, the father of the father, it was regarded as the, as the father of modern missions. Yes. He was inspired by the Moravians. Yes. And so the principles of revival in those early days, humility, 
extraordinary prayer unity. These were the things that I really got from him. And for, so since 19, basically 1973, 1974, the Lord's had my heart. I, as I read about this revival stuff, I was just absolutely... I used to go out in the South Perth of Foreshore. Yes. This was way back in 1974 as a young man. I used to cry to the Lord over the city, cry to the Lord for a revival, just like in all these other places. And that was, my goodness, that was 48 years ago. So basically, but then I remember in 1974, I was in, in my, my car in South Perth, a little brown mini, can you believe? With, nice. You can imagine the suspension on my little brown mini. And I, you sticking out in the... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I remember late one night, the Spirit of God just opened my Bible, fell open at Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Yes. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So basically for the last 48 years, that's been my heart's desire is, is to see in this city, but not only in this city, right across this nation, this new thing that the Lord spoke about, and if I had a place or where my place was in, in this. So, yeah, so that's, so there's so always been a passion. Did you grow up in Perth, did you? No, I'm a Narragin boy. Narragin, out in the country. In Come the upper, upper Great Southern. Yeah. I grew up in Narragin. My first 11 years were in Narragin. I grew up in the same street as Barry Cable, the... The, uh, the AFL waffle legend, legend yes. of football. And, uh, well, you, you look like a footy player. I'm sure you've. I, 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 was a, I was a reasonable player. Yeah. So you grew up in Narragin and then your family moved to Perth at 11 or? Yes. Yeah, when we were 11, my father was a chartered accountant. We moved to Perth and we moved into the house right next door to the Perth Bible College. In Karina. No, this was just before. This was they moved from from uh, Mount Lawley where I was, okay. thirty five Glenroyd Street out to so I moved into the house next door. So I had all these weird Christians next door. Next door. And they used to have their, their speech night yeah. on the on the tennis court next door. So we used to you know what's look going at on? Yeah, what's going on? These guys were talking about Jesus and walking with Jesus and I thought, Oh my goodness, what am I coming to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually Eventually, I came to know the Lord in that house, yeah. and I moved into the Bible College. And the Bible College you actually the bought, Bible College. yeah, after, after well, a, a few years later, but they actually bought our house. Oh, they did. So I actually, so it's like a real Bethel to me, you know, yes. the place where I found the Lord. I went to Bible College there. My wife and I—that's where we got together. There, so it's a real. You met at the Bible College. Well, no. we we knew each other, but that's where we. That's where it sort of all happened, you know. That's where we clicked. <laughs> Perth Bridal, Bridal College. Yeah? Bridal College. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you doing before the Bible College? Did you do um, any? So you finished year 11, year 12? Uh, sorry? Did you finish year 12 in? Uh, yes, I did. I finished year 12. I uh, just scraped through the skin of my teeth. And my father had these big expectations of me. He was a... He was a chartered accountant. I had I was the older boy with four younger sisters, so you had I, I had to be the man who yeah. was gonna take over the business. I was completely it was putting expectations on me that I just I just couldn't carry. Yeah. And he put me into put me into St George's College and he put me into uni and paid all this money out for me and I well, it was an absolute disaster. You study what, the county? 
Yeah, it was a disaster, complete disaster. The only thing that I did good, because I was good at sport, I was captain of the, the University A Colts and I won the fairest and best in the, in the club and the fairest and best in the competition. So I was a sportsman, but that was the, that was the start of a series of terrible bomb-outs in my tertiary institutions. Yeah. <laughs> but you did finish. You did finish your degree. No, Nathaniel. You didn't. <laughs> it was, as I said, I said it was a complete disaster. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> Disappointing that uh, you disappointed your old man. I, I was a huge disappointment to my dad. Mm. And uh, it's very, very sad that he, he died the next year after I, he, had a, he had a heart attack and died at 49. Wow. That's so so that, I, was, I was 20 at the time. So... Yeah, that was that was pretty tough. And then I went. Then I went from then. I went into the army. Or I did national service. Yeah, which uh, was compulsory. No, no, it wasn't compulsory. If you, if I, I volunteered, yeah, I volunteered to go into national service. So I spent eighteen months. Yeah, in in the army. Yeah, and then you went to Bible college after that. No, after I came, I came seventy one, seventy two. I was I was in in the army. Seventy three, I came to know the Lord after okay. that. Yeah, yeah. And then was at the Christian Centre and, and that started my Christian walk. Yeah. I walk I worked I worked two and a half years um, in uh, Royal Perth Rehabilitation Hospital in the spinal department, the spinal ward, yeah. turning over patients for two and a half years. I found something that I really, really loved. And at the end of at the start of 78, I was in Bible college for three years. Wow. Yeah. And you met Carol there. Well, she, she actually, her parents, she actually went to the same church, Carol. Now, there's a big age gap between Carol and I, a big age gap. She was like a little sister to me. Yeah. And I used to cart around in my little brown mini. Yes. And uh, 10, years, 10 years gap. And I, I, we were just such good cobbers, you know. We, she was a, she was like a younger sister to me. Yeah. And I, I took her around everywhere, and then, then, the start of '79, about three weeks into the Bible college year, she arrived. She lobbed up in Bible college, and I thought, the day before, I saw her talking with her sister, and they talked throughout the whole sermon, and I was just absolutely thinking, oh, she's completely gone off the rails here. So I spent that afternoon praying for her. Yeah. I prayed for her. The next day she lined up in Bible college. And I said, you are certainly not here by mistake. <laughs> she's 17. Yeah. I'm 27. Yeah. All right. So this, this is cradle snatching, you know, this is real cradle snatching. But we've been married for 40 years, so the Lord knew what he was doing. Wow. So uh, was it in the first year that you got married or Bible college, second year? No, 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 no. She was, she was young. No, I, we, you I, finished, I finished my three years and I waited another year. I went up to Leonora. I, I was in Leonora for a year. Carol was down. I thought I wanted, to, I wanted her to at least be 20 before we got married. <laughs> so what, did you, what did you do in Leonora? Well, it's really interesting. When I left, when I left Bible college, my... My mother-in-law thought I'd picked up some bad ideas in Bible college, so she gave me the manuscripts of the book, Drop in the Bucket. 
which is a story of Mount Margaret, how grand, Carol's grandparents came from Melbourne. They were called by the Lord over to the, the northern goldfields of Western Australia. And it's the most amazing story of how her grandparents started this started this mission, yes. Mount Margaret. And the forward to the book was by Carol's grandmother, whom I met, and, she, and she, it, it basically said, uh, to you, the children of Mount Margaret, etc., etc. And when I went down on the wheat bins after I finished Bible college, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go to the children of Mount Margaret. Wow. So right out of that, I was down on the wheat bins down in Kojina, and I knew the Lord was calling me to calling me to the northern Goldfield. So I went and lived in Leonora, got a job in the hospital there for seven and a half years. I worked in the hospital there and and just after we, after that, revival broke out in, in Leonora. Wow. And my prayer, to be quite honest with you, after that initial 74 of the, of the Lord really calling me to revival, I went through a really, really bad patch. There, were, there was another, another bomb out at, at university. This was at Curtin. I was at, I was at Curtin Uni. Yeah. And... While I, while I was at Curtin Uni, again, I was really good at sport, but again, this was my second attempt to please my father. In, even though he'd passed away, I still wanted to please my dad, and I went, but this time I lasted longer. I lasted 18 months this time, you know what I mean? Well, of course. Yes, accounting. <laughs> Same thing again. But, but again, in sport, I excel. I ended up being the inaugural sportsman of the year at Curtin Uni. So I really love this sport. Without much effort. <laughs> <laughs> without much, without much doing too much work there. But, but, but you know, I was pretty messed up from UWA, and then I went to Curtin, and I get more west, more messed up. And the next year, I went to Teachers College, and I was even more messed up. And so I did. I lasted three months there. So I'm, if 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 the Lord's call. Is to the weak and foolish to confound the mighty. I really have. I'm. I'm well qualified. I'm well qualified as one of the weak and foolish things to confound the mighty. You, know? you went on the full journey. I went on the full journey. During Bible college, I really lost my love for prayer and my love for the Word. I used to. I used to saturate myself in the Word. I when I when I worked at the spinal department, every night I'd take my little little packet of Winston's Bible, you know, and I used to go in there, I used to pray, used to pray, but I used to read hour after hour after hour, saturating myself in the Word of God. I had really good spiritual fathers and mothers at the Christian Centre, godly, really godly men, how much time you're spending in your Word, brother, so I'd go away and just saturate myself in the Word and start memorising, which... Which became a lot, which has become a lifelong, total passion of mine, memorizing scripture. Maybe we'll hit that later, but I'm not answering your question. That's um, so. We, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I will say that. I, I, I was called to prayer, and because no, no, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll go back to. Going back to Leonora, I'd, I'd lost my first love. Mm-hmm. Lost my first love, and I'd lost my love for, for that 
passion for prayer, and I'd lost that love for the Word of God. I, when I, when I got, Carol and I got married, moved to Leonora, three months after we were married, the Holy Spirit came down amongst the Indigenous people. I had never seen. This was the revival that started in Elko Island in 1979. Yeah. And that came sweeping down into, into the territory. And, and my friend John Blackett flew a team from Warburton Rangers, uh, from Elko Island, or, or uh, I think it was more from Alice Springs to, to Warburton Rangers. And the Holy Spirit was just absolutely poured out, totally transformed the community. Yep. And I heard all about this amazing stuff. And eventually they came down to Leonora. Been married three months, and my friend Terry Robinson, who was the was the figurehead for the revival, he was the main man who got used. He he said, "You're going to see amazing things." And I thought, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." And then they started singing and praying. It was just left this incredible memory of me. These this sea of black faces. Hands raised to heaven and singing glory to God, singing praises to God. I had never seen anything like it. And for my conservative mind, this was freaking me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I prayed about revival and all this, when I saw it, I still was like, oh, this might be a bit Pentecostal. This might be a bit much for me. And so for a whole year, even though I rejoiced in what was happening, I just sort of, hey, don't come too close to this big fella, you know what I mean? Yeah. After 12 months, I was just so hungry. I had seen what had happened. I'd seen the power of God fall in the Gulfiers and the desert. And there weren't too many white people who really humbled themselves before my indigenous brothers. And I said to them, would you pray for me? So we went down to the Oval in Leonora at night time and I knelt down and I had about 30 people from the central desert, lay hands and pray for me. And the Lord just broke me like a baby. And I just bawled and I bawled and I bawled my heart out. And it's, it's emotional to talk about it. And the Lord just renewed, renewed that passion for revival and renewed that call to prayer, Yes, that, ex, that call to extraordinary prayer. And basically picked up the burden, the picked up the burden for revival, was revi was revived by that revival. Yeah. And it, it changed my life. Mm. And and all that, that stuff about humility, extraordinary prayer and unity, I saw it during that revival. And I it, it set me on a new pattern and I was I was I was in Leonora in my in my lounge room one day. And I'm crying out to the Lord, 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 you know, what's his name? J uh, who was the guy? J. Edwin Orr. Yeah. He said, if you want to see extraordinary things, you need extraordinary prayer. That's right. And I'm crying out to the Lord, 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 I want to be part of extraordinary prayer. Lord. And, and so I was sitting in my lounge room and there was a little... There was a little, my little bookshelf was opposite me and there was a little booklet there and it was like the fire of God was on this booklet. And I walked over this booklet and I pulled it out, opened it up and halfway down on the, on the page was the words, 10 day prayer meeting. Wow. 
and it burned like a fire into me. It burned like a fire. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to call the gold fields in the desert to 10 days of prayer. Mm. What? What? 10 days of prayer? It was referring to the time from Jesus' resur- uh, Jesus' ascension to Pentecost. Yes. He ascended on the 40th day. He said, don't depart from Jerusalem yeah. until you be endured with power from high. People generally don't realize it. They were there for 10, ten days, days. Yeah. in the temple in the other, upper room. Yeah. And they waited upon God. And they waited upon God and they worshipped. They, pra- they appointed They appointed Matthias. Yes. So it wasn't just worship. It wasn't just prayer. There was business to be done as well. Yeah, apostles teaching. Apostles teaching. teaching. Yeah. It was apostles teaching. Then that Malachi three sixteen has become a real favourite verse of mine. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. Yeah, and the Lord listened. Mm. So that was. So look, we get called called to to do this ten days of prayer. Didn't have a clue what to do. We we didn't even know what an agenda was. Yeah. You know, we, we had no idea. We thought all we had there was this instruction that the Lord was saying, there's a 10-day prayer meeting. Mm. People came from everywhere. It was, the, the revival was starting to wane, but people came from the central desert. They came from the north. My parents-in-law came from Port Augusta. People came into Mount Margaret, the spiritual home of the Wongatha people. Mm. It was 40-plus degrees. Yeah. We had m- buckets of water to keep us cool. Yeah. We didn't know what to do. So from morning to nighttime, we sat at Jesus' feet. I learned to sit at Jesus' feet with particularly the praying women, the indigenous praying women of the goldfields wow. and desert. And we waited upon God and someone would pray and someone would worship and someone would give a word and someone would sing. It just flowed and flowed and flowed for 10 days. After four days, I felt like I'd been run over by a truck. It was just so, so intense, you know what I mean? And I, I, all this stuff started coming out to me and there was so much repentance that needed. Yeah. But God, eventually the Lord brought us together on the last day and it was just like, just like heaven opened and it was just like I'd never known such purity in a room. My in-laws, Carol's parents, said in all their years of Christianity, they had never had a more sacred time before the Lord. And that 10 days of prayer, I thought, I will never be the same from here on in. Yeah. It's going to be extraordinary prayer. Mm. So from January, that was January 1984. So for the last 48 years, that's my call has been to extraordinary prayer. I'm not giving you much chance no, to ask no, questions, no, bro. That's fine. That's fine. No, no, no. But, and how does it last? How does, how does something like that last on and on for 40 years? This passion for prayer. Oh, my goodness. When God, when God gives you a call in your heart, there's nowhere else to go. When God puts a vision and a passion in your heart, there's no turning back. And even though there have been dull times and disillusioning times, yeah. always, when the Lord gives you a promise, you always, it's the promise, it's the promise. People say, oh, you've got to be really disciplined. Oh, 
I said, discipline. I just love to pray. Yeah. I love to pray. People say you you pray a lot, but it was never it was never a problem to me. For me, prayer after after that time, I could never see anything but ten days of prayer. Or the minimum was a day of prayer. Yeah. It really it really grieves me when we think we're, you know, we, we come together for an hour or two. And I think, guys, you've unless you really Spend your time out and spend days in prayer and weeks in prayer and months in prayer. But so we did, basically we did four, lots of 10 days of prayer over three years. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that, of that, the Lord spoke to us, it was time to come back to Perth. Mm. So that was, the, that was the, basically the end of seven and a half years in the, in the desert. The in the wilderness. Was in the wilderness, but he made a way. I will make a way yeah. in the wilderness. And I always felt for me that he made a way for revival in the wilderness. So and that's coming where, back in the city. Coming back in the city. So I worked in the hospital in Leonora for seven and a half years. Absolutely loved that. Loved that working working with uh, my my indigenous. People out there, oh, I just absolutely love what, working. What did Carol do, teacher? Carol, Carol was, no, no, she, this was before. She didn't become a teacher until later on. She worked in, in, a, in a government department up there and, yeah. Children, were they born up there? Uh, our first daughter, Penny, was born 50 days after the 10 days of prayer. Wow. 50 days. And Penny's a very, very godly woman. She was birthed. She was birthed in an atmosphere of prayer. She's got a, a very, very, she's a godly, godly, humble woman. And she, she was born 50 days. So she was there. She was in that, there in that first The Pentecost of the prayer. The, yeah, that's right. For a bit, that's right. And then? And then? What other children? My daughter, Laura, was born uh, just in, in, in 1987, a year before we left. Mm hmm and came back to Perth. So we had the two girls. We had the two girls in Leonora, in, and then we then we then we came back to Perth. So you have two daughters. Uh, two daughters. Yeah. Two two beautiful daughters. Two. So when did Carol start uh, her teaching? This wasn't mate. This is this is way down the track. She, I think she she started teaching. I accidentally. <laughs> oh look, there's, there's there's some more. There's lots 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 more stories here. Eventually, look, I. I got a job as a, a, a truck driver. Yeah. And uh, I, I look, driving from south to north. I've got to answer you. I've got to answer your question. Otherwise, I'll, I'll lead you astray, bro. I'll lead you astray. How Carol, how Carol started her teaching, because I was a truck driver, I used to work, I used to deliver bread from Byford in the south to Belden in the north. Yeah. I used to drive right through the heart of the city. Well, come, I, I'm sure you'll bring me back to that place later. And I was having, having, I used to sleep during the day. Drive at night. Drive at night. And I was just lying in bed one day and talking with Carol. She was really discouraged with her work. She'd worked 11 years mm -hmm. at the Hyatt Regency as a team leader mm -hmm. at the Hyatt. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting back in the bed lying this, and Carol's just sitting down next to me. And Laura, my youngest, came flying into the room and she jumped straight on the bed. And I, I, and I put up my hands like this and Carol's nose. Went straight into my elbow. Ouch. And I broke her nose. Oh. I broke her nose. She and, couldn't go and, on back to and work. She, no, she, she couldn't go on to work. 
but it was the turning point for her. She actually then started studying with the aim of, of going into uni. And she, she went to uni and she qualified as a, a she qualified as a teacher and she's been, but she, she didn't start that until 30, she, she was 35. Wow. So, so <laughs> we were, we were both sort of late, late starters, you know, she was yeah. a late starter and became a teacher. Yeah. Her spiritual journey began with yours or? She, well, she had the uh, amazing spiritual heritage, amazing spiritual heritage. Her grandparents started Mount Margaret, but her mum and dad uh, started an Indigenous Bible college in Noangra mm. in about 1951. And Carol's got an older brother with four younger sisters. So Peter, her older brother, is the same age as me, and we have four, four younger sisters together. Uh, she, she was quite a, she was, yeah, she was a bit of a, let, let's say, I was, I was like, oh, she'd hate me to say this, so I won't say it, because I'll have to say it. I was like the, the town wuss in Narragin. You know, I was the biggest guy in town, but I was an absolute chicken heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> she was the absolute opposite. She used to fight the blokes and beat them. Wow. She was an she was she used to terrorise no anger up, you know. Yeah. She'd hate me to she'd hate me to say that. But the Lord the Lord brought us together and it was a match, a match made in heaven and forty year, forty years married and we've walked together wow. since that time. Recently um we had the um, governor's prayer breakfast, of course. Yeah. And uh you were leading there a group of people into prayer, weren't you? We did. We did. How important is that? I think that was important. Um, how can I how can I say it? It, we, it was a it was a very, it was a really, really important time. I've been I've been looking at Daniel chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-two. God changes the times and the seasons, he raises up kings. And he puts down kings. Yes. And he brings to light the hidden things of darkness. I think it's just something like that. He reveals secret and hidden things. And in a teaching that I was watching, it, it was like the seasons, the times and the seasons of God by the, are by the change of government, the change of king. Yeah. Well, the the governor, the new, new governor, um, Chris... Oh goodness, Chris Dawson. Chris yeah. Dawson was the police commissioner before, but and we knew that he was a godly, humble man. Yeah, and he obviously had great favour. He worked with Mark McGowan during during COVID, and he was asked to be the governor. Mm. He resigns from the police commissioners to put in a governor, a godly governor. Well, one of the first things, one of the first functions he attended was the governor's prayer, prayer breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. And he hadn't done many, and and it was it, we'd heard that he was actually going to come into the prayer room to be prayed for before yeah. he went into the function. I just said, Lord, Lord, just give me the opportunity to pray for him because what no one knew, or what very few people knew, that the governor's prayer breakfast was on the very day of the first governor coming into Western Australia. That's right. Captain James Sterling, August the 12th, 
1829. Yeah. And I thought, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is a divine. It wasn't even meant to be now. No, yeah. no, it just happened. In it was fact, supposed to be March, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be March. I don't know, but all I know is that when yeah. I heard that it was going to be August the 12th, I thought, I wonder if people realise that this is the foundation day of the city. We celebrate it in June. Yes. But it doesn't, It the actual date was August the 12th. 12th. Yeah. where Captain Sterling was present at a ceremony where a lady called Mrs. Dance chopped a tree down. As you know, Perth is a very sandy city, so they chopped a tree down as a foundation stone. Mm. And so he was there, Captain Sterling, the first governor of West Australia was there. And I really felt, I really felt that this was a divine shift in our city that we were moving into a divine shift where we were moving from church, little, little, little C church, to the ecclesia. Yeah. The ecclesia, which in Greek times, the ecclesia was the parliament yeah. of, the, of, of, of Athens. Mm. The Athens, Athens city state yes. was that the government was the ecclesia. Yes. And instead of seeing this little church that we see as a you know, meeting on a Sunday, the ecclesia, they were the ones that had authority mm. to, to, to change the laws. Yeah. This was government. And I really felt that in line with what the Lord had been saying about changing the times and the seasons, the governor, the governor, the governor, yes. the queen's representative, Yes. I felt there was a divine shift coming in the spirit in our city and a change of revelation yeah. from little church to the ecclesia on this day, on our foundation day. And I said to the people afterwards in that prayer meeting, I said, 27 years ago on this day, yes. the Lord called me to go down to stand on the foundation stone of the city, mm. and to pray for new spiritual foundations yes. for the city of Perth. Mm. And five years later, it happened. And, and uh, it was, yeah, five years later, five years later, on January the 5th, I got a job as a truck driver, as I was saying earlier, got a job yeah. as a truck driver driving up the city, down the city, up and down the city, and... Um, it's really interesting that 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 the Mitchell Freeway yes. was my uncle's. My uncle's, he was the commissioner of main roads mm. for twenty or thirty years. He was also the he also happened to be the chancellor of the university. So you can see, I was a real disappointment in my family. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have the degrees. I wasn't Doctor Celsius. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and so, but as I was driving up and down the freeway. The Spirit of God gave me a verse. That verse was Hebrews 11.10. Abraham looked for a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to pray yeah. for a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. And on the fifth day of January 1996, I was doing a ten, another seven days of prayer at Como Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. I mean, James Goss was was one of the one of the guys there. Small number, 
And I remember on the 5th day of January, the Holy Spirit said, hold out your right hand. I'm going to give you five foundation stones for the city to be built upon. And starting at my little finger and working through to my thumb, he spoke. He just spoke these foundation stones into my heart. And the first one, he said, was cities to be built upon foundation. Ephesians two twenty, a city with foundations, whose builder. No, no, I got the wrong one. Sorry, <laughs> Ephesians two twenty. Uh, built upon a foundation of apostles. Did I say that? Apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being Christ. the chief cornerstone. Then he said to me, 24-7 prayer, which has been added to greatly since that time. Yes. And if there's time, maybe I'll share that. Three, unity yeah. going right across the body of Christ. Four, evangelism, reaching every person, every house of every street, of every suburb, of every LGA yeah. in the whole city. And he came to my thumb and he said, this sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't get it. I just, I just lost it. I thought, what? How can that be a foundation stone? Then he spoke to me. Humility. Wow. Humility. That just as the thumb touches all other fingers, it's the pincer. It holds yeah. everything together. So the Spirit of God spoke to me. It's like that sine qua non, the indispensable requirement. Yeah. For the fulfillment of the vision. And from that time, from that time, 1996, it's like I've realized that this is, it's all about humility. We can't go any further until we go to that lowest place yeah. with the Lord. If my people, my life scripture has been, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves yeah. and pray and seek his face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear. From heaven. Yeah. So since that time. Praise God. So for the last 26 years, 26 is my prophetic number. Yeah. The Lord, the word Yahweh, yeah. as you might know, the word Yahweh in Hebrew adds up to 26. That's <laughs> the only scriptural thing I can give you about yeah. Yahweh. Yeah. But in Kalgoorlie in 1991, the Holy Spirit spoke to me as clearly as clearly about the number 26 and the dawning of a new day. And the Lord gave me those five foundation stones 26 years ago. So I'm believing that this is indeed 2022 is the dawning of a new day. And we are moving into into being this city with foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. What's next for Lindy? What's next? What's next? Next chapter. The next chapter. Oh, goodness, the next chapter. I'm 71. Yep. The next chapter for me, in the Lord called me to call this when I was driving my truck in 1991. Not 1991, 2001. I was driving my truck right through the city out to Karanup, and I was driving through, and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to call the city of Perth together for a month of prayer. Mm -hmm. What? So May 
30 May, the 31 days of May, we did 24-7 prayer at South, the old South Perth Church of Christ. The people came from the north, south, east, and the west, wow. and we prayed. We were available to pray 24-7. A lady came in, a lady came in early in the morning, and she had a, a five-point star with Bethlehem written under it. Mm -hmm. And... Look, I'm, I'm, I'm answering, giving you the long, the long version of what, what's to come. Yes. Okay. And she had this five-point star with Bethlehem. It just gripped me. I looked at this thing. Five-point star Bethlehem. Should it be a, a six-point star of David? What? And we went into the kids' room to pray. This was about four o'clock in the morning. And the room was full of illuminated with five-point stars. It was a kids' room. Later on, the, the administrator of the church came and said, Linz, can you help pull down the canopy over the children's playground? And as soon as he said canopy, I'm thinking, we had been praying for a 24-7 canopy of prayer over the entire city. Yeah. From the, the, the five outer you know, out of, out of areas, you know, Joondalup, you know, Midland, um, Armadale, Rockingham, Frio. Yeah. And, and as soon as he said that, I was thinking of this canopy of prayer, and I walked out, and to my absolute astonishment, it was in the shape of a five-point star. It was an old model. It was ripped. It was torn. Yeah. And so we took this, we took this down, yes. and we dragged it out on the path. Mm -hmm. We dragged it out, and, and I thought to myself, how do you get this thing together? It's oddly shaped. Yep. And I, the only thing I thought of, I thought, why don't we put five folds in it? Five folds! Oh, my goodness! This not only represents a 24-7 canopy of prayer, it represents a five-fold ministry. And I felt the Spirit of God was saying, this is an old wineskin. Yeah. And... And we have thought that we've got everything, everything in shape. We know all about the fivefold ministry. And so we put it down, sent it away for repairs, brought it back, brought back the repaired model, and it split straight away. That, 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 that five-point star on the lady's key ring with Bethlehem, it occurred to me, this is about birth. And I felt the Spirit of God was saying, I, I am birthing, I am birthing a new wineskin of 24-7 prayer out of which will be birthed a new wineskin of five-fold ministry. Ever since then, I've said, thank you, Lord. Perth is a city of birth for the earth. And for the last 21 years, that has been my prayer. Hallelujah. Perth is a city of birth for the earth. For seven and a half years in Melbourne, I told everybody, Perth is a city of birth for the earth, but they don't know it yet. What's to come for the future? I want to see. I'm 71, Lord, I'm 71. I want to see the fulfilment, the fulfilment of this promise of Perth being a city of birth for the earth, that out of this new wineskin, yeah. A 24-7 prayer will be released. This glorious, glorious new model Amen. of a five-fold ministry. And up till now, 
I can just about name on one or two fingers the people that have actually received that. On the Governor's Prayer Breakfast, I shared that and the people just said, Amen, bro, bring this forward, let's go, you know. So I felt there's been a divine shift that now that we are open. So my heart is to just still absolutely fervently. You know there's a prayer tower. Here yeah, I know. Hopefully it will become 24-7 one day. Yes. But there's room. There's, there's room, room for five or six oh. or seven. Every <laughs> In fact, when revival hits, there will not be enough places. That's right. So in Jerusalem, there's four houses of prayer. There's four houses of prayer, and they're all in unity. They're all in unity, and they all respect one another, love one another. Yeah. You can never have enough That's places. Right. Well, so, I've, I've been to um, South Korea. Oh, my goodness, Prayer Mountain. Yeah. You haven't been to Prayer Mountain. Oh, my goodness, I'm jealous. Sorry, India's on. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been there, spent some time in the caves and in the... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, uh, I had the privilege of meeting Dr. Yongi Cho. I was, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was invited to <laughs> Church Growth International, so I was on the delegation from Australia, so spent time with him. Oh, yeah. Nathaniel. And then we, we went on the uh, World Cup Stadium, and 80,000 of us prayed. Uh, 80,000 people on the World Cup Stadium and saw oh gathered together for their worship, which was incredible. Yeah, truly amazing. Now I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> I love it, I love it. But we want to see it. that in Perth. Obviously, we want to see more and more of it that in will, Perth. It will. It's, and it has to happen. It's our destiny. It's our call. It As part of the great southern land of the Holy Spirit, yeah. this is our call. Yeah. Perth is a city of birth for the earth. Amen. Bring it on. Thanks so much for sharing your passion for the Lord, passion for prayer, and passion for this city. I'm sure we bless many people out there who will hear this story. Thank you so much for having me, brother. What a beautiful story. Amazing man, um, Lindsay Aiken, with a true passion for the Lord, with a true passion for prayer, with a true passion for the city and for the nation. Uh, I pray that this re-sparkles something inside of you to pursue God on a deeper level, Push through prayer. And uh, as I always say to people, you know, you start in the flesh, but you finish in the spirit. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where you start. I know sometimes you don't feel like starting with prayer. That's the best time to start when you don't feel like that. Amen. And Amen. eventually you'll break through. You'll see breakthrough in yeah, prayer. And then you will unlock amazing, amazing things with God. And we need more and more of us to unite in a humble way to do this. And then we will see breakthrough and revival in our city. I really pray this, uh, pray this blesses you and uh, it encourages you to get down on your knees and pursue God in a deeper level. And we will see miracles in your life in, and in many, many other lives out there. If you love this content, you know what to do. Share it, love it, give us five stars and help us promote this. <laughs> five stars. Yeah, it is five stars. There five point stars. Five right? point stars. <laughs> Hallelujah. We look forward to seeing you next week. Here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under, I am Nathaniel Bastia. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.